We'll be in the book of Luke this morning. Um, continue to pray for me. I'm just seeking the Lord's direction on where we go for, I don't know if you call it a series, but kind of, I like being in a book because then you can just kind of press on and you kind of know where you're going to be every week. You don't necessarily know what you're going to say, but you at least know where to go read and study and prepare. Uh, so do pray for me <clears throat> when we get back from Florida. Hopefully we'll have some, some guidance on that. Uh, Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> we're going to be, uh, we're going to read for the context of it, uh, verse 40 down through the end of the chapter in 52, uh, but we're really going to focus on uh, verse 49 is our text verse. And uh, I know for many of you, you were here for the watch night service and uh, we, we gave a charge and and uh, no doubt at the beginning of the year, everybody kind of has a common theme and, and some thoughts on where we ought to focus ourselves for the coming year. Um, <clears throat> and I, I hope that you've thought about that because I think it's important. Um, and, you know, coming up with some focus or some direction, if you will, uh, for your life. Um, <clears throat> some of you, many of you probably have set some goals for the year. Uh, I don't know, maybe they're physical goals, spiritual goals, whatever the case may be. You made resolutions, uh, as they say. And, uh, but listen, the reality is we will all receive the same 365 days with 24 hours each. Uh, however, some will invest poorly and others a little more wisely. And uh, we can all grow in a greater relationship with the Lord and effectiveness in His service this year. If we want, Amen. Amen. if we want, we can all have that opportunity. Um, and so that's kind of the, the thought I want you to think about as we look at this text. And, and really, we're talking about uh, doing business in 2021, doing business in 2021. Uh, so if you'll look with me in verse 40. And uh, of course, this is uh, there's not a lot in the scriptures about the youth of Jesus. If you look in verse 21 of the same chapter there, uh, we see it goes from the eighth day when he was circumcised, and then we come over here to the passage that we're in today, and he's 12 years old. And a significant gap, and then again later on, we don't see uh, until several years later when he really begins his earthly ministry. And so there's not a lot said about his youth, uh, and so I think it's important uh, <clears throat> for us to not overemphasize some of those things. Uh, but I think it's a good thing to look and see what it does say about that time of period in his life. And I think it's an indicator of what the focus of Christ was from a very young age. And uh, so if you would look with me in verse 40, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after uh, the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, uh, it's interesting there. I saw some stuff on that. Uh, this, this Passover, this feast, this time of, uh, of worship, if you will, uh, uh, they were obligated to really only go for the first couple of days. But they fulfilled it, it said. I, th I think we could, we could just uh, stop there and, and have a message on that, the idea of fulfilling uh, our responsibilities or our duties uh, to the end, not doing the bare minimum, right? We're good at doing the bare minimum. Uh, it's human nature to do the bare minimum. Uh, anyway, let's move on. 
It says, verse 43, And when they fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Now, that's interesting. Uh, but culturally, that was kind of normal. They were much more communal. Um, and no doubt a 12-year-old young man understands that the family is going traveling back. And, and so I don't think it's really that odd. I don't think there's any neglect by parents here. But it says in verse 44, But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And uh, verse 45, <clears throat> I call this mom mode. Um, if you're a mother, I think you understand. Mom mode kicks in in verse 45. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And uh, Cindy's been in mom mode before. You know, you've been at the grocery store, you've been somewhere, and you look around, and the kid that was right there is not. And your heart sinks, and mom mode kicks on. I've seen moms in that mode, and, and uh, <clears throat> it's good. But can you imagine... Uh, the concern that overtook the parents at this moment. I mean, they've journeyed for a day and they can't find them in the company. A whole day. Now, you know, the logical thing is to go back to Jerusalem. That's a day to just get back. And so I think this was mom mode times 10. Uh, but here's another thought that we're not really going to focus on, but I kind of want to just draw these little nuggets out like Brother Petraco made mention earlier this morning. And when they had found him not, right? So when, when, Christ is absent in our life. Uh, and listen, I'll, I'll say, when the presence of God is absent in our life, as believers, what do we need to do? They turn back again to Jerusalem seeking him. So when his presence was no longer there, they turned back where they knew he was. And that's so true in the life of a believer. Uh, if you don't have the presence of God in your life, and if you don't have uh, uh, the comfort of God and the peace of God in your life, it's not because he doesn't desire to be there with you. Oftentimes, or all the time, it's due to our failures or, or our sin, perhaps. And what do we need to do but turn back to Christ? Anyway, verse 46, and it came to pass that after three days, so this young man, mom mode is no doubt, in high alert here. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. <clears throat> Could you imagine the amazement of a 12-year-old young man uh, really probably educating these PhD folk, the doctors and, and all these uh, scholars? Uh, what a blessing. <clears throat> and so... Uh, they were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, the, the parents again, uh, and these people, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dost dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Boy, mom was freaking out. Uh, understandably, you know. Uh, those of you that have children and you, you've seen it, you're, I've seen it. I remember times when my mom was in mom mode and she was trying to get, get a hold of me. And, uh, but so she would, they were sorrowing for three days. They could not find their son. And, uh, <clears throat> I think though they weren't fully comprehending what was going on here. Well, we know that cause he says that it says, and he said in verse 49, and he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. Uh, where'd you expect to find me? Right. I'm just. I'm here doing the Lord's work, if you will, the Father's business. 
In verse 50, it says, And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. They didn't fully understand the, the spiritual aspect of what he's saying. I think maybe the circumstances of their child being lost had them a little in the flesh or, or a little earthly-minded, if you will. It's like, we, we've lost our child. And, uh, you know, it, it just an interesting thought. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word. And Father, we pray, Lord, for your blessing upon this Sunday school hour that you would just be uh, glorified in all of it. I pray, Lord, that you would direct our attention to the word of God and that we would receive something from the word that would help us, Lord, to uh, be more faithful, that would help us to be a better, better laborer for the gospel. And we'll give you the glory for it. And Father, we just pray for your will to be done. Now we ask once again that you'd bless Sunday school in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so our focus in 2020, I just want to remind you uh, this morning, in Christ we are sons. Uh, and so when we talk about Jesus being about the Father's business, listen, you're a part of the family in Christ. Uh, for those of you that are saved this morning, uh, I just want to remind you that for the born-again believer of your position in Christ. Uh, Galatians 3.26 says this, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so when we see that Jesus was about the Father's business, uh, for the born-again believer, that's your business. And I, I got a note, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but it, I, I wrote it, actually Madison caught me. Uh, the family business. And it's for later in the, in the, in the thing this morning, but... Uh, really, you're a part of the family business now. Uh, it's not just the Father's business. It's not just Jesus' business. Uh, it's, it's our business as believers. And, and uh, speaking of consecration and, and, and being set apart in 2 Corinthians 6.18, the Word of God tells us this, And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And so God has accepted us. We talk about the adoption into the family of God. Uh, as believers, we've been received into this family. 1 John 3, 1 tells us this, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And so, listen, we're different. The business of the world is no longer our business, because we have a different position in Christ. Uh, we are no longer of this world. And in Christ, we receive the spirit of adoption, the word of God tells us, and we are now the children of God. And I, and I know that many of you are familiar with that. I just had to remind you before we got into some of this this morning. Listen, as children of God, we benefit from all the glory and blessings of Christ himself. All those things that God the Father has given to the Son, we now can benefit from. Listen, and, and we have his righteousness. That alone is, is worth uh, doing a lap. I'm not Southern. I don't do laps. I never have. Um, but, but listen, that ought to get you excited. That when God looks down on you, he sees the righteousness of Christ, not the filthy rags that we truly are. And, and what a blessing. But that's through Christ that we have that benefit, and we are heirs. Uh, the Word of God tells us that we're joint heirs with Christ. That what Christ has is now ours. And so all those benefits, but I'm here to tell you this morning, Christ had a work to do as well. And so as we inherit all those benefits that we want to talk about and we think that they're great and, 
in the kingdom to come, right? And, and, and just God's protection and all those things. We also inherit the work of the Father. Uh, and we need to remember that. And, and listen, we need to be focused on that in this coming year as we live our lives. And, and uh, <clears throat> so that's just a reminder this morning. Do not forget uh, as a believer that you're a part of the family of God. And you can enjoy all those benefits, all the provisions, all the promises that God has given uh, to those that come to him. And, and what a blessing to know that. And, and so then this morning, the question is, what is the father's business? Jesus says that I must be about my father's business. And we know he's not talking about Joseph's business, but his heavenly father's business. And it's kind of interesting there uh, <clears throat> that he says, wish ye not that I must be about. Don't you understand why I've come into this world? And you would think uh, uh, the folks that were the most close to the circumstances here. I mean, many of you probably read this, at least part of this passage. A lot of people read Luke chapter 2 at the Christmas season. But, but um, these folks, this woman that had a, a, a baby conceived of the Holy Ghost, a virgin having a baby. And, and you would think that they would kind of understand to a certain perspective that, that what Jesus is here for is not just to be the average 12-year-old child. And, uh, but for some reason, they kind of missed it. And he said, how is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not? And don't you understand what I'm here for? And so sometimes I think we need to be reminded of the business of the Father as the family of God, as Christians, that what's important needs to stay important. Uh, somebody once said, keep the main thing the main thing. Right? And, and glorifying God and reaching lost. The Father's business is the salvation of souls. Uh, that's His business. Jesus knew and understand His unique or divine sonship Right from a, at a young age, um, listen. I, yet he subjected himself to his parents, and we'll talk about that a little bit later here in, in the latter part of this this chapter. But um, he subjected himself. You know how frustrating it probably was. I'm here for a purpose. I'm just trying to serve the Father. All right, Mom, let's go back to Nazareth. Right? I mean, that happens. You know, and and sometimes. Uh, <clears throat> we need to remember our position in the family. Uh, we need to be subject to those that are above us. And, and he subjected himself, and I believe God blessed him for that. Uh, when you look at, and then in verse 40, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And I'm kind of getting ahead of my notes, but we're going to go with it. But if you look down at the latter part of that verse, and they understood not the saying which he spake unto them, about that saying about being about his father's business, in verse 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But look at verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Uh, Jesus in his human body had fleshly limitations. And I believe this is a great example as if, if we would subject ourselves. Listen, we sang the song this morning, Trust and Obey. If we would truly do that, uh, <clears throat> God would bring favor in our life. Amen. Not just with him, but with man as well. Um, every day I pray at, when I get to work, I, now that I have a big fancy office, you know, and, and I did it before, um, but it's kind of nice to have an office and you can kind of settle down and 
close your door and I, I pray every morning. And I, well, part of my, one of my prayers is that I would have favor with my superiors and, superiors and subordinates. Um, and, and just that God would bless what I'm doing. I try to do the best I can in the position. I know I'm not perfect, uh, but I just want God's favor. I want God's blessing. And listen, if we are obedient like Christ was, we can have God's favor. Let me get back to my notes here. <clears throat> I kind of alluded to this. It shouldn't be surprising to find Jesus at the temple. Right? They go back and they, and they, they find him there. Um, guess what? That's the father's house. He was doing the business of the father. And so when we talk about turning back to Christ and, and maybe we've left him behind, that quick note I gave up earlier, where do you go to find him? God's house. The Father's house. And uh, listen, that's where the business of God is done primarily. Um, I know that we need to be out and about in the highways and hedges, the Word of God tells us. But if you're not faithful to the house of God, you're never going to be effective in the business of the Father. Because that's how God ordained it to be. It has nothing to do with our desires or our wants. It's that God has orchestrated certain things to operate in a way. And that's how God designed it. Uh, and we need to be in the house of God. <clears throat> this is an interesting thought. William Burkett states this about them being kind of perplexed about where they find him or, or don't fully understand what he's doing. He says this, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? As if he had said, Although I owe respect to you as my natural parents, yet my duty to my heavenly father must be preferred. I am about his work, promoting his glory, and propagating his truth. And so he says, listen, I, I I'm, ought to be about the Father's business, but you know what? Mom mode kicked in. Mom wants me to come home. It's time to go home. And he was obedient. And uh, uh, Mary and Joseph, uncertain of the events taking place here, seem to, they just really don't understand the mission of their son. Uh, they, they seem to be getting, the goal of Jesus was to promote the Lord, the Father, share the truth, and eventually die for the sins of the world. And he understood this at 12 years old. In the Christian life, there's different variations of how people mature, right? We don't all mature at the same time. And, and you know, maybe somebody gets saved older in life or somebody gets saved younger in life. But at a certain point in our Christian lives, we got to get a hold of this principle that Jesus got a hold of as a 12-year-old young man. Or at least we are revealed through Scripture at this age. That the number one goal of his life was to do God's business. And as we talked about being accepted or adopted into the family of God, we've inherited the family business. <clears throat> and that ought to be our number one goal. Our number one focus is uh, the advancement of the gospel, if you will, <clears throat> the Father's business. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the Father's business. Jesus understood the whole purpose of him coming to this earth was to seek and to save that which was lost. Those that had not received Christ. This was his primary focus. He was sent by the Father. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the business of the Father. 
Christ understood that when he came to this earth as an adolescent. And so as adolescent Christians, as mature Christians, listen, I would submit to you this morning, you're not a mature Christian if you haven't got a hold of this. If you don't understand that the main thing is to reach the lost, you're not very mature. You might have all the outward stuff handled. You might look like you're the right type of Christian, but inside, if you haven't internalized this and and this hasn't become your focus, you're not very mature. You can't be. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciled the world, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. There it is, the family business. Uh, We ought to be a part of it. Uh, That's the key to this lesson this morning. I want you to understand this morning. Listen, Matthew Henry said this when I was kind of looking at some of these notes. He said, worldly business must give way to spiritual concerns. All of us will have distractions in this world. Not everybody is is a full-timer. We've talked about that in the last couple weeks. Not everybody serves full-time in the ministry. And so we do conduct other business. We do live our lives. We, we make a living. But listen, all those things ought to give way to the spiritual concerns or listen to the family business that we've inherited in Christ. We ought to be glorifying God in our workplaces and propagating the gospel and, and sharing the gospel in those workplaces. They're an aspect of our life that ought to be permeated with the gospel. And so as we close this morning, my final thought is do your business. Doing business in 21. Do your business. Our business we've received from the Father. What we have inherited in the blessings and the benefits of our adoption along with the responsibility to carry out the work of the Father. <clears throat> we've got to make it our own. Uh, or we're just coming in here and, and we're fellowshipping and we're having a good time and we're not accomplishing what God has intended us to do. Uh, it's really become a social club at that point. If we're not out accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish in reaching the loss. As God's children, we've been given the task of glorifying and sharing the truth with the world. Glorifying Him and sharing the truth with the world. <clears throat> I want you to get this this morning. Jesus was eager to get busy. 12 years old. He wants to get about the father's business. Uh, For whatever reason, it wasn't the time. Maybe because of the society and and the age and it wasn't accepted that such a young man could be uh, effective in ministry, if you will. Uh, But listen, the reality was it wasn't God's timing because mom came and dad came and said, listen, we're going back to Nazareth. And he subjected himself to that. But listen, he was eager. He was ready to get about the business. And so here at this young age, he just was trying to glorify his father and trying to get after what God had sent him to do. And listen, this morning, you need to get eager. Uh, You need to get... Uh, listen, a holy uh, diligence about accomplishing the business of the Father. 21 might be our last year. We might not make it through 21. We don't know that. And and so as we look ahead at this coming year and as we plan and prepare for the coming year, uh, what ought to be the priority? The business of the Father. 
the business of the Father. Uh, <clears throat> we ought to be focused and start sharing the truth with those around us. Jesus did his part. He did the hard part. He came and he bled and he died. He did what the Father had sent him to do. We just need to share the good news. We have the easy part. Uh, just of trusting and obeying and being faithful to be the mouthpiece that God wants us to be. Uh, not challenging, not difficult. But listen, I can't help but, but bring this, this truth out of here. Jesus showed a pattern of obedience in walking with the Father. We can look throughout the life of Christ and see how He came apart and He went and prayed. And listen, as His custom was, He was in the synagogue. And he was at faith, he, or at faith, at church. Um, and he did those things. He made it a, a matter of custom to walk with the Father. And I'm telling you this morning, if, if God in the flesh, if Jesus had to have a relationship with the Father, how much more us? How much more us? And, and so that aspect of having a prayer life and, and, and being in the Word of God and, and communing with the Father is so critical in order for us to effectively do the business. That's how we draw strength. That's how we get empowered. That's how uh, God can lead us. We'll have opportunities this year. Will we take them? Will we be ready for them? And I submit to you this morning, if you're not walking with God like you ought to, you'll miss opportunities. I was at the coffee shop this morning. Mrs., uh, I don't like to call her Mrs. DeGarmo, but uh, back years ago, we had some folks. That she was Mrs. Sergeant DeGarmo. Um, that's how they knew her. She used to make cookies all the time. I'd take them to work, and yeah, they just referred to her as Mrs. Sergeant DeGarmo. But Cindy, we usually stop and get her a coffee on Sunday mornings on the way in, and she likes Black Hills blends and uh, cold brew. Apparently, that's the new thing. But um, she gets a cold brew, and so we're there. And and uh, I'm ashamed to admit this. I wish I would have uh, responded better than I did this morning. But we pull up, and you know, I'm all gussied up, looking sharp, you know. And and oftentimes I travel with my Bible on the dashboard. Just it's convenient; it doesn't slide. And and so it was obvious. You can see you guys anything. Ex- uh, Anything exciting today? And this is what I said, and I regret that I said this. No, we're just going to church. I missed an opportunity. If I would have been on my game, I could have said, oh, yeah, it's exciting. We're going to the house of the Lord. But I didn't. So here I am looking sharp, got my Bible there, and I failed. I missed an opportunity. Listen, this year we're going to have opportunities. But if we're not connected with the Father and filled with the Spirit... The way we respond to those opportunities is not going to be the right way that God wanted it. Listen, I promise you, God will give you opportunities to share your faith this year. But will you be ready? Will you be able to do the business of the Father? We need to stay connected. We need to be about the business. Listen, we're not going to be effective if we're lazy and apathetic about our spiritual walk with the Father. Uh, we got to purposely and diligently walk with the Lord. Uh, not accidentally. Jesus had to. 
how much more for us carnal, fleshly transgressors? Uh, it's paramount. James 1, 22 through 25, share another remind you, reminder with you this morning. But ye, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For, any be, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and, for, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, look what it says here, this man should be blessed in his deed. You want your business to be blessed this year, you need to be connected uh, to the vine, if you will. You need that lifeline of a relationship with the Father through the Word and through prayer. And uh, this example of obedience, here it is in my notes, I know I got ahead of myself, but um, we see in verse 51 and 52 this great example of obedience. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But, the, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. In verse 42, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. I believe God blessed his obedience. And we just read in James that if we will be obedient to the word of God, not just listening to what it says, but doing what it says, that last part of that verse, this man shall be blessed in his deed. God will bless. He has obligated himself to do such. We just need to do our part and be obedient and to be doers of the word. Listen, Jesus was ready to be about his father's business, yet he subjected himself to his parents. God honored that, I believe it. <clears throat> Listen, God will honor our obedience to the word and he will bless our doing the work, but we must do the word, be doers of the word. We have to do our part. Uh, it's not magically happen. Don't let missed opportunities become the norm this year. So oftentimes at the beginning of the year, we set some goals, we make some resolutions, and, and I'm afraid oftentimes early on in the year, uh, didn't get that one done, failed to accomplish that, and, and so what happens, the snowball starts to roll, and it just becomes the norm to not accomplish those things. Don't let that allow, don't allow that to happen in your Christian life this year. Determine that you're going to stay connected to the Father and look for opportunities and take those opportunities to minister and to reach others. We have to do it. We have to focus on it. It's the Father's business. It's our business. Uh, <clears throat> allow the Spirit to lead you this year. Of course, you have to be filled. You have to walk with the Lord. But listen, it's so easy to... Uh, listen, I was focused on... We were kind of running not late, but not early... And I'm like, just hand me the coffee cup. Let's go. I'm trying to get somewhere. And I missed an opportunity. I hindered the spirit and my opportunity to share the gospel with somebody or just to even invite them to church. Because we get so focused on our business sometimes. And we're distracted with our business and we can't accomplish the Father's business. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. The late Henry Nguyen, he's Catholic, um, if you want to look him up. And, and, uh, but he, he made a good observation that I think I, I would like you uh, to hear this morning. We can, I think we can draw something from it. He was, later in life, he went to this arch. It's, it's a community for mentally and physically disabled in Toronto. And this man was, was well-educated. He was a professor, 
He, he, he was an author, wrote many books. I think he was, he knew at least four languages. I think it was five, um, like Dutch, English, Spanish, French, and I, I think there was another one, but he was a very accomplished person. And, uh, but he goes to this community of, of folks that have mental illnesses and physical disabilities and those kind of things. And this is what he said. The first thing that struck me when I came to live in a house with mentally handicapped people was that their liking and disliking me had absolutely nothing to do with my many useful things I had done until then. Since nobody could read my books, the books could not impress anyone. And since most of them never went to school, my 20 years at Notre Dame, Yale, and Harvard did not provide a significant introduction. My considerable, considerable ecumenical experience proved even less valuable. Not being able to use any of the skills that I had proved so practical in the past was a real source of anxiety. In a way, it seemed as though I was starting my life all over again. He goes on to say this. In the same way, when we enter the kingdom of God, all our achievements won't matter. What God cares about is who we are. Do we have faith in Him? You can get busy about all the things in this world. You can become very, very accomplished. But at the end of our life, is that going to matter? Is that going to get you the well done, thou good and faithful? I don't think it will. Do not delay, get moving today. I thought that was pretty catchy. <laughs> Sometimes when you're typing, it's like, oh, boy. impress yourself. But uh, do not delay, get moving today. Jesus was an excellent example of one redeeming the time and taking advantage of opportunities. The woman at the well and all these. He did not waste time. Twelve years old here, he's ready to go. And every opportunity that he had, he was ready because he was communing with the Father. And he was able to take advantage of those opportunities. And we need to be prepared when those opportunities come. And without that proper walk with God, we won't be prepared. We do not want to be guilty of failing to get after the work of the Father like we are often guilty of failing to accomplish our resolutions. Let's get busy today on the things that will make us better witnesses and servants of the Lord. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the example of our Savior, Lord, and how He just desired to please you. And I pray, Lord, that we would take these things, that we would meditate on them, and Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to live a life this year. Lord, that would be a life that honors you and glorifies you and a life that would be about accomplishing the mission of reaching the lost souls in this world. Help us, Father. I pray that you give us opportunities this year and I pray, Lord, that we would take them. Lord, lead us and guide us with the Holy Spirit and help us to have a sensitivity, Lord, that only can come from you. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to reach more souls this year than ever before. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.